Good morning. Would you stand and sing with us? please. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for letting us come together again so we can worship you. We pray today, Lord, that you'd open our hearts and our minds so that we could continue to focus on your word and receive your message. In Jesus' name, amen. His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I worship your holy name 
sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing. Good morning. Welcome to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here, and I'm alive and well. Feeling a lot better from last week. I appreciate everybody um, checking with me. Good news, bad news on that. I feel excellent. Katie, Kate, toast. <laughs> toast. Uh, and I tried to do everything. I nuked everything, nuked every doorknob, every, there's just, um, just no stopping it. Uh, so youth today, youth this morning, will be with me and the confirmation class. You'll be learning uh, something that the confirmation class is learning today, which we're talking about membership vows. So if you are a youth and in, uh, in here today and you're going uh, to youth group, go straight there, we'll come get you and uh, we'll take you on our way. Um, let's talk about radical hospitality. We have a dinner coming up on Wednesday and today is the last day to register. 
uh, Aaron and I have tried to design uh, meals that have a um, uh, delicious food component, that have a, uh, a fellowship component, and also have uh, um, some sort of in-depth study or something you're learning or something you're doing, uh, like building the wreaths for Christmas. Uh, so uh, this Wednesday will be a Nash Wednesday service. So you'll come for the meal. We'll have fellowship with... Uh, uh, <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to need to hurry up. Uh, uh, you'll come for the meal. Uh, uh, we'll have fellowship, and then we'll have a worship service at 7 o'clock in the sanctuary. If you're only coming to the service, come straight to the sanctuary at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, but today's the last day to register. Let's talk about passionate worship. We start a new series uh, next week. Uh, we're starting Lent as of Ash Wednesday. And throughout the series, the season of Lent, we'll be talking about Psalms. The Psalms will be the primary text in the podcast. The Psalms will be the primary text in the worship service. And it will be people celebrating God, coming towards them in the midst of brokenness, lamenting the fact that they've pulled away from God. All kinds of different ways that human beings are connecting to God in a season uh, before Easter uh, so that we can um, honor the um, spirit of Lent. Let's talk about intentional faith development. Um, Fred Parker is a retired uh, minister in our congregation. Uh, he's taught an excellent uh, study on uh, religions of the world uh, for the last two months. That wraps up tonight. And next week starts a new series, uh, again, that will reflect the season of Lent, led by Bobby McQuaid. Bobby's taught um, many classes. That really is the end of that announcement. Bobby's teaching. Just come. It's amazing. Uh, she's she's going to teach you a great deal. Uh, it's talking about the broken lives of people that Jesus encountered, how they shared that with Jesus, and how Jesus healed them in uh, very different ways, and then what they did following that brokenness. Uh, so it will be uh, very meaningful, very helpful, um, very emotional uh, as we read those stories and understand that brokenness in our lives as well. And then, of course, uh, intentional faith development. There's something going on behind me. Um, do you want to do the video first or this first? Let's do this first. Okay. That's okay. Good morning. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries. Is that better? Okay. Um, and I'm joined here by five superheroes that are going to help me deliver some great news about our upcoming Vacation Bible School. I am really excited about it. It is called BBS Hero Central. I'd like to say this is the first time I wore a cape to church, but I think it's actually the second. <laughs> um, but uh, the thing about Hero Central is it lends itself so beautifully to children doing missions every day of the week. Because how better to be a hero in your community than to help others. So um, kids are going to learn five different practices of being God's heroes. And the first is God's heroes have courage. God's heroes have heart. God's heroes have wisdom. God's heroes have hope. And God's heroes have power. Thank you, guys. You can put those down now. <laughs> so um, we will begin the week on Sunday, June 11th, with a Community Heroes kickoff dinner. So what is that? Um, I'm going to invite people who have courage, heart, all these different things from our community, such as firemen, policemen, uh, medical professionals, teachers, uh, nonprofit leaders, and they are going to come have dinner with us. So you might get to sit at a table with a fireman and eat your meal. Um, but also they will speak a few minutes and share how they use um, God's courage or God's heart or you know, to do God's work each week. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. I hope there'll be a fire truck and some other things for them to look forward to. And in the, in the spirit of service, rather than me decorating the stage completely, the older kids, fourth and fifth graders, will lead the younger children in decorating some boxes. They're going to build a city out of these boxes um, that will be painted with chalk paint. And then they get to put the chalk all over them and make it beautiful or um, unique, whichever they prefer. Um, so that's going to be exciting. And then through the week, we'll go Monday through Thursday, June 12th through 15th. Um, from 5 to 5.30, I'd like to do something different this year because we have nighttime VBS, which I think is the best time to get volunteers and most importantly, the best time to get as many children as we can to participate. Um, but I've heard that kids can get hungry at night. Is that an experience any other parent has had? Um, so... 
I would love to feed them dinner, but we also offer our VBS free of charge, which I love. I don't want to change that. So what I'm going to ask, when you go to Sunday school this morning, you will find a sheet in there that will let you sign up to serve dinner for a week. So I'm hoping that adult Sunday school classes, not a week, excuse me, a night. That would be a more reasonable request. So if um, your Sunday school class or your women's circle or any other group in the church would like to take on one night to prepare and serve the meal, I would be most grateful. I think simple food is best for kids, and um, that will work out just fine and hopefully be economical for you as well. But it will be a wonderful way to charge them up with the energy they need to have courage, heart, wisdom, hope, and power through the rest of the night. I do want to mention some of the, we're going to do a rotation style, so they'll go to different activities through the night. Um, it'll be science, obviously missions, um, recreation, and crafts. But the fourth and fifth graders are going to be real leaders. I saw that, Emily. We'll work it out. You'll be okay. <laughs> Not everybody wants to do something different than regular VBS, and I'm so glad they like it. Um, but they are going to do just missions for that hour, and that is going to allow them to do something truly impactful for our community. And I've already talked with the Soup Kitchen and Greer Relief and other groups, and we have some really exciting things planned. Um, registration is already open. And if you have registered, you get a free music CD. They're on the back table here. Um, or if you know you're going to register, I will use the honor system. Um, but there are also registration forms in each kid's worship bag this morning, as well as a coloring page. There's some people helping me show those in the back. Thank you. Um, and there's also registration online. It's on our website, and it's gone out in weekly emails. Uh, the volunteer registration is on the same uh, website and you can either enter that way or let me know if you'd like to help. We always need a lot of people to make this happen and it doesn't always have to be people that will be present that night. Uh, I need help in advance to decorate. I need help um, with promotion and publicity. Um, and then I need some real uh, personality to be my assembly leader. They will wear this cape from here on. I will, I will relinquish the cape to them. A puppeteer, a leader of science, and then grade level leaders, um, as well as help with cleanup and registration. So if you would like to do that, I would um, thank you very much. And now I'm going to let the kids go back to their seats while we watch a short video after, sorry, sorry, I should have said this in different order, after you share the Bible verse with me. Are you ready? It is do good, seek peace, and go after it. Thank you guys. This video will just show you a little bit of a preview of what VBS holds. We interrupt this broadcast with reports coming in from all over the city of young superheroes demonstrating characteristics of heart, courage, wisdom, hope, and power. Hero Central is so much fun. You gotta come to it. Let's go! Jump into the action. Let's run the race. What's up guys, it's Flame and I here at Hero Central and we hope to see you at VBS this summer. There's going to be loads of fun. So that's going to be crazy. That's my fault, Greg. Uh, the cape, not built for me. 
Not built for 6'3", 245. Uh, we'll see if we can get a bigger gate. Um, Risk-taking mission and service. Uh, we are hosting, again, the uh, craft fair for Greer Relief. We're pretty much the permanent host for that, for the foreseeable future. They, twice a year, uh, take over our gym and have all kinds of crafts uh, that um, uh, all uh, majority of the proceeds will go to benefit Greer Relief. Uh, so please look out for announcements about that coming uh, to our gym. And um, just uh, two extras, we have CEP and trustees tomorrow night. We have regular Monday meetings at 6 p.m. The um, CEP board and trustees will meet on Monday night. Uh, so that's a number of announcements. We've got a number of fun things going on. Let's uh, uh, go to the next part of our service with prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for the activity in our church. We thank you for all the different ages we have and all the different types of ministry that we can offer. We thank you for drawing us together for your house to interact with prayer, with songs, with scripture. We thank you for a season that is to come where we can truly examine our words and our actions and whether they match up and whether they match up with your call upon our lives. Draw us closer this morning, Lord. Clear our hearts and minds that we can focus upon you. Inspire us as we pray the prayer your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to start off with a phrase this morning, and it's public perception. So many professions, if not all professions, have benchmarks. Things that that profession has to meet for either themselves, for their company, for their regional supervisor, for their boss, whomever it may be. Teachers have state testing scores. Salespeople have quarterly goals. Politicians have the first 100 days. Coaches have signature wins. Ministers have worship attendance. And sometimes it has a positive impact where um, you, someone says, you know what, given your skill set and given this environment, this is what we think you are capable of. This is what we think you can do. And uh, it might be a little more than even you think, but we're going to invite you to do it. We're going to invite you to drive yourself. And uh, you reach that goal, and then all of a sudden, uh, you feel like, I'm truly capable of doing this job. Sometimes positive competition gets you ramped up, competing against the people in your environment, and everybody pushing themselves further. But sometimes there's a negative aspect. Sometimes we wonder, what will people think? Sometimes it halts us in our tracks when someone says, this is the expectation that I have for you. And if you don't meet it, we're going to have serious trouble. That kind of thing can cause both individuals, corporations, governments to bend what the numbers are so that people see a different set of numbers so that they then think that what you're doing is okay. When you're not striving to do that thing, but instead striving to make sure that whatever comes out um, uh, impacts the way people feel about you or your entity. So today is the last day we're going to hear from 1 Corinthians. We've read um, this entire month from Paul's letter to the people with all sorts of um, great instruction, all sorts, sometimes admonishing them, sometimes encouraging them. Uh, but today he's uh, doing something entirely different. Today uh, we're going to talk about Paul's opinion on public perception. Let's look at our text, chapter 4, verse 1. This, then, is how you ought to regard us, as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. Now it is required that those who have been given a great deal of trust must prove faithful. So that's your next phrase, given a trust. Jesus tells a story um, way before this text, of three men. 
and a caregiver of uh, um, business says to those three men, I'm going to give you um, uh, denarii. I'm going to give you three different amounts for your three different skill levels, and I'm going to go away, and I expect there to be a return on what I gave you. Uh, to one he gave five, to one he gave two, and to one he gave one. And if you all remember, the one with five was very active and wanted to go out and make more. The one with three was very active, wanted to go out and make more. The one with one was frightened as to what the response would be and did what? Buried it. I'm going to give you back exactly what you gave me because I don't think you're fair. I don't think it's right. I don't think I'll be able to get it. And those three men were given a tremendous opportunity to do something in the absence of the owner with something that was very valuable to the owner. So people have varying skill levels. That's one part of that story. Some people are capable of dealing with five. Some people are capable of dealing with three. Some people are capable of dealing with one. So, as I mentioned before in the beginning of the service, um, as the week has gone on, Katie has been dragging more and more. Um, really, pretty much yesterday was the worst, so she was out completely. And fortunately, I didn't have anything to do. And so, I had the girls. So, we're talking, uh, not really getting dressed anymore, they're 13 and 11. But we're talking meals, we're talking activities, we're talking snacks. We're talking about getting to the place where you want to get. Crushed it. We had a great time. Uh, for Christmas, we got a um, uh, Frisbee golf set. And so we set it up in our backyard, and we started over in Jeff and Nella's yard. We started closer in Jeff and Nella's yard. We started over in the chiropractor's driveway. Um, Caroline's a little closer. Addison's further back, and I'm back here. And I talked to them all about golf and the significance of finding balance with the different skill sets. Um, Cut the peanut butter sandwich like diagonal. It was great. We watched some movies together. So on a Saturday, I'm your dude. Tuesday? Tuesday's got um, breakfast. It's got lunch. We got to leave by 6.30. You got to have your homework. You got to have your stuff for after school. You got to get to after school. You got to leave after school. You got to get to the other thing that's after school. I am one part of that product. The after school stuff. And I text every Tuesday and every Thursday and say, this thing, this is the thing I do? And she writes back, yes. So put me in a church. I know a good bit about it. You can put me in the at least three-star category. Kid stuff, I'm, I'm more of a two-star. And knowing exactly what to do in some trying circumstances. So everybody in their various points has various levels of skill. It's got nothing to do with whether you're going to be given a task and whether that task is important. It's the level in that task uh, that might vary. So Paul considers himself to be quite talented. He doesn't hold any of that back. And so being, he's been given a great deal of trust. And that's what he's saying to his people. I have been given a great responsibility in starting new churches. And not only the church that where you are, which you think is the most significant, but the church over here and the church over here and the church over here and the church over here. And they all have to be thriving and growing. So his drive is not trying to please someone. His drive is trying to motivate the people in that church. So that's your next phrase, thriving where placed. Sometimes that's an easy thing. Sometimes that's a hard thing. You ever, you ever catch yourself going... Um, you know, if I was just in a different spot, I'd be a lot better. If I were just given different circumstances, I'd be a lot better. If I just had a little more money, I'd, I'd be a lot better. If I had a little more sleep, I'd be a lot better. I think every single one of us has been in a position for a short time or a long time where we have wondered inside or said entirely out loud, if I could just be in a better position, I could do a better job of this situation. But um, not many people who were called into leadership in the Bible were given every resource, lots of sleep, lots of time, all the food they ever wanted, and lots of recreation to rest. They were called to very tough positions 
that were beyond their skill set, that weren't going to give them much rest, that were going to call them to a level that they could not fathom. And so if we approach God and God's calling on our life as to, if you will give me these things, I think I can maybe pull it off, we're going to be in a tough position. If we approach God thinking, this is an opportunity, given my skill set, and given this window of time that's been right in front of me, then we might have an opportunity to achieve something. Paul is saying, I've held it. I've held this position. And that image of um, an owner going away and putting it in the hands of the people is not only all throughout the Bible, but truly emphasized in the New Testament in Jesus' words where people are given a spot and saying, all right, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going away. And we're placed in that spot. Verse 3, which taken out of context can be dangerous. I care very little if I'm judged by you or any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear. But that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. So your next phrase is um, what we're talking about all morning. Paul's take on public perception. If we started off an administrative council meeting, we had one last week. So I said, first of all, I don't answer to any of y'all. And I don't have any problem with what I've done or what I've said or what we're about to do. Just lead off with that. What do you think the response would be? Maybe I'll try next month. Just see what happens. Just say, y'all remember, if y'all are paying attention in worship, you know that this is a joke. We're testing out. Anybody who's shocked by this wasn't paying attention in worship. No. He says, I could care less. I've seen leaders, especially I've seen peer ministers say, I could care less. It means they're going down a dark road. It means that something has gotten sideways and they're tired of hearing about it from the people. And they, you know what? I don't even need y'all. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. He's not doing that, in my opinion. That's why I say it's difficult when it's taken out of context. He's saying to the people, um, he's been an achiever his entire life. It's, it's uh, suggested that he went to the best schools to learn uh, his faith, not the Christian faith, the faith that preceded it, the one that Jesus championed as well, but that faith turned on Jesus. He was the best persecutor of Christians. When he thought that they were wrong, he was number one at persecuting them. When he was converted, knocked off his horse, or was it a donkey? Whatever it was, he's knocked off one of them and he's converted to Christianity, all of a sudden he's the one that's starting new churches. We pulled the one from the side, uh, we pulled the one from the other side who was tremendous. Now he's on our side, he's being tremendous again. He's the best church planner. So the lowest level of not caring what they're saying is that he's a high achiever. And high achievers, generally speaking, look around and go, no, I'm not going to concern myself with what that person over there sitting on the couch is saying. But number two, he has confidence in his passion and in his effort. That he has done every single thing possible to make this thing succeed. Y'all ever struggle finding something on TV that the entire family could watch when you had uh, different levels of kids in the household? So something we've done all the time is watch um, reality competition shows. Sometimes the language gets sideways. Sometimes the competition, uh, what people say in the competition gets sideways a little bit. But mostly on things like Survivor and Top Chef and things like that, we can watch people and talk about concepts of... Um, <laughs> this is what it's like to live in my house. I'm watching Survivor and I'm like, this is the human condition. Let's talk about the human condition. And they're like, bro, can we just watch Survivor? But here's something that really dawned on me. Um, because Caroline has that trait 
of, from me of pointing out something that someone just said and repeating it back to them, which is going to be a nightmare over time. I said, um, there's a chef on Top Chef who every time they have a competition and they're sitting in the, in the post room while the judges are talking about it, they say, how, how do you think he did? And he went, and it's, it's terrible. But it, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done this. And I have no confidence in what I did. We watched him do that all season long until he won the championship. <laughs> now, to be fair, he had lost in the previous season in the finale. So that whole time he's carrying that weight, probably a lot like um, Clemson was. For an entire season, they're carrying the weight of, I want to get back to that position. But he would say, that's stupid. My dude's stupid. And I said, you know, that's goofy. Given his pouring his heart into it and trying to make it right and putting something on the table that was what they were hoping for. And Caroline goes, um, you never like what you did on Sunday. <laughs> I was like, oh, so you're teaching lessons now. I'm breaking out the notebook. But she's right. We might have 15 things that went well on a Sunday, and I'm thinking that's stupid 16th. And you know, it's the worst when it's preventable. We have preventable mistake, and we go, I cannot. But lots of people that are striving to make it the best, you know, they struggle with that. So number one, Paul's been an achiever. Number two, he has confidence in his passion and effort. But neither of those are divine. That's still just a human not caring about what other humans say. The last one is the most significant. He says someone far more significant than either of us is going to judge my efforts. And that's God. That's pretty significant. Because we concern ourselves a great deal with what other people think about our effort. Part of that is how much we talk about other people's efforts. As much as you do it is as much as you worry about what other people are just saying or doing. So it's, it's a mixed bag. When we consider that this is for God and that we don't have to concern ourselves as much with what people think. Of course, the flip side of that is concerning ourselves with what God thinks. My goodness. Of course, God never, ever, ever seems to expect absolute perfection. But willingness. Desire. Effort saying yes to the thing that God has called you to do based on your skill set and based on this time. He says, I'm accountable to God, not to you. So let's look at verse 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He'll bring light to what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. So my classic image when we talk about not talking, not talking about the end, but talking about the effort, is right about now when reporters are asking Major League Baseball managers, do you think y'all will win the World Series this year? Right now. And they're going, well, um, you know, we, we want to be a team. We want to trust each other. We want to put people in a position to succeed. We want to give maximum effort. We want to get the best people possible for these positions in this moment. So no, I'm not talking about that right now. And that's your last phrase. Uh, be aware of the time. We spend a lot of time comparing our effort to someone else's effort our outcome to someone else's outcome, our church to someone else's church, our house, our neighborhood, our car, or whatever. You might not compare yourselves to others. We spend a lot of time lamenting. What we've said and what we've done, what we haven't said, what we haven't done, the goals and dreams we have personally and professionally, we look back and we go, 
And that can be crippling. It can stop us for what we're trying to do. So we might be comparing. We might be lamenting. We might be wishing for different circumstances. We might be worrying what people think. Do I even have to say might? These are time wasters. These burn our energy, our desire, and our time that we've been given. The wonderful opportunity that we've been given. Time wasters. And I say that not as one who's a champion of conquering them, but one who can go into deep, deep depression and sadness over effort and success and whatever and think, that is so stupid what we just did. We can be so much better than that. Or I can be so much better than that. He's saying, don't concern yourself with any of those things with competing, with comparing, lamenting, wishing for different circumstances, worrying what people think. Instead, here's what I want you to do. Consider your gifts. Consider your placement. Consider your God who's given you both. And consider the opportunity that's before you. This is what Paul is trying to tell his people. It's a message that we, 2,000 years later, still need to hear individually and corporately. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand and join me in our affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. And if you would like to text to give or give online, you see instructions in your bulletin.
mercy triumphs over judgment. Would you stand and sing this last one with us? for me.
grateful for this community of faith that works hard, that's real with each other, that supports one another. This community's got a lot of pain going on it right now, a lot of loss. And I encourage you as much as you can to reach out to others, a simple text, a simple email, a simple phone call. Let this church continue to be a source of comfort and strength and spirit and inspiration in this community. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Don't see how great. Have a good week. Good job.